1: AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
0: With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Ukrainian authorities say Russia's military bombing an art school sheltering 400 people in the city of Mariupol where heavy fighting continues. The fall of that city would allow Russian forces across the southern and eastern parts of Ukraine to finally link up. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin says Vladimir Putin should look for a way to end this war now.
2: What we do right now is to make a decision to end this conflict. Uh, and, and uh, you know, he's uh, passed by a number of opportunities to uh, off-ramp uh, de-escalate and uh, and try to settle this through negotiations, and we call upon him uh, to do so.
0: A U.S. commander says China fully militarized at least three of the several islands it built in the disputed South China Sea. This is SRN News.
1: Who will be Minnesota's next AG? Come support the future of our state at the Minnesota Leadership Forum on Thursday the 31st. Leading conservative candidates running for attorney general will debate hot topics like rampant crime and cracking down on sanctuary cities. A straw poll will be taken while Liz Collin of Alpha News moderates the evening. Support the future of Minnesota and defend our conservative values. Reserve your seat now at am1280thepatriot.com.
3: Your forecast for today, we're looking at mostly sunny and a high of 60, moving into mostly cloudy and a slight chance of rain with a low of 47 for tonight. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and a high of 67 with a low of 41. Embark on a 10-day adventure you'll remember forever. The Stand with Israel tour November 30th through December 9th. You'll be joined by Donessa Souza and Sebastian Gorka who will be broadcasting live on the trip and ensuring this is a memorable and special occasion for you. Register today and see the full itinerary at am1280thepatriot.com.
1: The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 the Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. I was in the of a no, no, no. Brad's off on assignment. I, 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 I
5: have the pleasure I, 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 of steering I, 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 you his I, I, audience I, 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 through the news today. So, I, I'm Mitch Berg. Normally heard on the Headliner Edition Saturdays from one to three on N twelve eight, the Patriot. And I love hanging out here on Sundays. Whole different atmosphere than the than the hustle and bustle of Saturday radio. I mean, Saturday radio is to Sunday radio as Midtown Manhattan is to Main Street Bismarck in terms of excitement and. Tra- no, that's not really true. At any rate, but. You work Saturday and you get just a little bit. What's what's the term? Yes, that's the term. Moving from Sunday to Saturday, but what the heck? I enjoy it. I'm in for Brad. Brad's off on assignment today, which is just another way of saying we we swapped shifts today. Brad was heard yesterday. Thank you, Brad, for joining us today, for actually sitting in for me yesterday as I convened the Senate District 65 uh, Republican Party uh, Convention. Where we endorsed Paul Holmgren to run for Senate and elected a full slate of officers, And for the first time, honestly, I think the first time in my memory in that part of St. Paul for many years, for the last 10 years as a resident of District 65 and before that District 66A, which is what my district was before the last redistricting. Uh, this is the first time I think we have filled all of our delegates and all of our alternates. Well, she's going to go and tell you that there, there's there's a little bit of excitement for some kind of change in the, the, the city, in the city itself, because things are not well in the city. Now, I'm going to meet people halfway on this because I'm, I'm a uniter, not a divider, <laughs> but I hear some of my conservative friends in greater Minnesota, people who live in, in some of the, you know, the fourth-tier exurbs uh who who live out in in greater minnesota frequently out in some of the rural areas in in solid red minnesota who say you know i just would never ever 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 come to minneapolis to which i mean cuz minneapolis is a, is a basket case it's a complete mess and and to which we get a respond a response from you know, on social media from people who live in various parts of minneapolis usually mind you Linden Hills, Crocus Hill, Kenwood, those parts there is areas, a place where the, the DFL activists are headquartered. Uh, Matt Groveland, St. Anthony Park, you know, the parks, saying, well, actually, life in Minneapolis is actually pretty good as a general rule. Or, I go to Minneapolis all the time, but I've never had any problems. And to which I respond, well, I'm from the midway. Is my opinion going to get dismissed as easily? Uh, To which some of them say, well, you're from St. Paul, which is not really like Minneapolis. No, it's better. But point being this, I I, I will meet people halfway because I've, I will say, I've spent some time in Minneapolis over the last two years. I live in St. Paul, the better of the Twin Cities, and in many ways. And, yeah, I did the numbers. I did the numbers a few weeks ago, uh, a few months ago. And I figured, I took the crime numbers for the last year or so in Minneapolis against the population, the number of people who were living there, and I worked out a little number. In 2021, on any given day, on an average location in Minneapolis, wherever you are, and I didn't do this by neighborhood, so whether you're in Linden Hills or North Minneapolis, I, I ran the same number. I Maybe I can do it by neighborhood one of these days. I haven't yet. But in Minneapolis, anywhere in the city boundaries of Minneapolis, if you are there on a given day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, your odds of being a victim of crime on any given day in the city of Minneapolis at any level from, from petty theft to homicide are about one in 44 4,100, 4,200, I think. On any given day, your odds of running afoul of some kind of crime are one in 4,000 and change. Those odds aren't bad. And and by the way, the odds will change whether you're in the North Loop on a Saturday night in the middle of summer. Your odds probably go up a tad. And if you're in Linden Hills in the dead of winter, probably much better than that maybe one in somewhere in five digits that you're going to run afoul of any kind of crime from from property crime like graffiti to to uh it wasn't actually counted but you know theft car theft having your uh catalytic converter stolen having g- getting killed in a drive-by shooting to all of property and violent crime put together your odds of being a victim at any given point are one in four thousand so If you're one of those shiny happies, as I refer to them from, let's just say, Bloomington, who like to say, well, all of you conservatives are such a bunch of chattering, nervous nelly ninnies because I go to shows in Minneapolis all the time and I never have any problems. Well, that's right. Good. And at any given time, in every given place, you're probably going to be fine. You can go to the corner of Broadway and Lindale in North Minneapolis at any given time, on any given day, and probably get out of there okay. The odds are in your favor. They're less in your favor than you would, say, at the corner of 50th and and, uh, Lindale. But they're in your favor still. You're rolling the dice, and the the odds are a little, little scarier up there say, at midnight on Saturday night than they would be at noon on a Wednesday at, at, uh, at 50th and Nicolette. But there are, you, your odds are probably fine at any given time. You're going to be fine. Here's the deal. You keep going through these 1 out of 4,000 days, and after you go through about 2,000 of those days over the course of six years at this rate, your odds are pretty much up to even that some level of crime is going to affect you. Now, the odds are solid that you may not be one of them, but the odds are solid that you will, if crime stays at this level for an extended period of time. You may go to a dozen karaoke nights at a, at a bar on West Lake Street and be perfectly fine for 11 of them, and come out after night 12 and find your catalytic converter's been stolen, your car's been cleaned out. At any given time, I mean, 11 out of 12 times, you were fine. 12 out of 12 kind of ruins the whole thing for you though, doesn't it? The other point being that for many of those classes of crime, the odds have gotten much worse. Your odds of being the victim of a violent or significant property crime are one in 4,000 at any given time, at any given day, all other things being equal anywhere in Minneapolis. Those odds were probably more like one in seven or 8,000 three years ago. Those odds were probably twice as favorable three years ago as they are today. And for violent crime, considerably worse now than, than they were back then we're down to murder levels of violent crime in minneapolis and it doesn't seem to be heading the right direction now does it so when people say now you're, you're 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 what would you know you're not from the city you're out in the suburbs well, A, they're out in the suburbs because the perception of crime, of danger, and by the way, of taxes and incompetent governance does, in fact, drive a lot of people out of the city itself. More on people being driven hither and yon by events later on in this hour. But they're not wrong. They're not wrong. I mean, I lived, I've lived in the midway of St. Paul for well over two decades now, and for out of those 20 some years in 20 years, minus one of them, not a single building in my neighborhood was burned down by a riot. But one day in one riot, a number of buildings were burned, looted, pillaged, vandalized. It really, I mean, the odds on any given day of running afoul of a riot are minimal. But when they happen, they're pretty darn authoritative. <laughs> they're pretty, they, they, they will change your life just a little bit. And the sense I have is that there are people. Now, we, we, we start, started to see some indications of this in the 2020 election when Donald Trump got uh, more African-American votes than any Republican has gotten since 1960. 1960, 60 years. And we started to see that last week in the story we talked about where there is polling now showing that a majority of Latino Americans would vote for a generic Republican over Joe Biden. Now, there's no such thing as a generic Republican. There will actually be a human nominated to run against Joe Biden here in two years. And that human will not be generic. They will have voting records. They will have things that they've said. They will have things for the liberal smear machine to smear. I mean, they smeared Mitt Romney for crying out. i say what you will about his politics, but the guy is as squeaky clean as it gets. And yet, they found opposition research to smear his good name. I mean, you may not like Mitt Romney's politics, and lately I've got my issues as well, but... You say what you will about him. He's got just about the cleanest personality and personal record you can possibly imagine. And yet the the progressive smear machine turned him into Simon Legree. So the the Democrat smear machine will turn turn its attention to the the non-generic Republicans that wind up facing whoever the Democrat nominee is in two years here and the odds are that that uh, would given the fact that the New York times is finally being allowed to report on the Hunter Biden story. I think there's a significant chance it might not be Joe Biden. And this may be the path they take to get there. At least the easiest path to take to get there. We'll see at any rate. Uh, there, there's a sense out there though. And I'm starting to hear this from people. I, the, the people who showed up at my convention down on the West end of St. Paul, uh, in a district that runs from roughly Hamlin, Hamlin University way down to the west side of St. Paul, down across the river. We're hearing people there at these conventions say, I'm a lifelong Democrat and I have had enough. And we'll talk about one of those stories that indicates how enough some people are having when we come back. 651 289 4488 eight, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280 The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back.
3: It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, Our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather.
1: Learn more at surroundmsp.com, surroundmsp.com, connecting you with new customers. This is
2: Dennis Prager. If God saved the Jews in Egypt, why didn't he save the Jews in Europe? Was there really an exodus? My new book answers these and other questions. It's called The Rational Passover Haggadah, but the oldest holiday in the world. Just like my commentary, The Rational Bible, The Rational Passover Haggadah, my newest book, relies on reason. Relevant to non-Jews, Jews, Jews, and people of no faith. The Rational Passover Haggadah. Available at PragerStore.com or wherever books are sold.
0: The right to the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Bearingarms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self defense, the latest gear, and more. That's Bearingarms.com. AM
5: 1280, the Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651 289 4488. The number to call should you care to join us, which is what I'm asking you to do. or hashtag NarnShow on Twitter, Gab, Parler, MeWe, or Getter. Or you can join the live stream, the one that Brad and I both do every Sunday on the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook uh, fan page. Go to Northern Alliance Radio Network, check out the fan page. A number of you are watching right now. If you're watching, feel free to say hi in the comment section. Love to hear you. At any rate, we're talking about life. In the, as a big urban Republican, which puts me in mind to, well, sing this song here. I mean, it's fun to do, think about anyway. Northern Lines. So, and I heard, I mean, I hear this all the time at conventions and political events in the city there's always someone who says yeah i've been a democrat and i've had enough i mean it's how people come to the republican party in many cases myself included show of hands here, yeah me i started out life as a democrat ronald reagan converted me i heard that from a number of people uh yesterday people who uh, one guy probably in his 70s or 80s who said yep ronald reagan converted me 40 years too late It's fine. lifelong Democrat came over uh, to the party. He's going to be going to uh, an alternate at the conventions coming up here. More power to all of them. At any rate, a lot of people talked about how dissatisfied they were about uh, how government uh, is—Democrat, DFL government, which is is government in Minneapolis and St. Paul, about how government is taking care of the things that we pay them to do. The little things like, I don't know, block— Keeping the streets from rattling your fillings out as you drive down Hamlin Avenue. Did I say Hamlin Avenue? Oh, yeah. Melt off every year. Hamlin Avenue turns into an Andean goat path, Uh, which, by the way, no insult to Andean goat paths. It's even worse. Uh, That that thing has kept more. That stretch of road, by the way, Hamlin Avenue from university down to the freeway in St. Paul has put more suspension mechanics kids through college than any other piece of road in the world, I swear, at least in the metro. Anyway, little things like that. And the big kahuna, public safety. We pay absurd taxes, and we pay them for the privilege of having city council people like Lisa Bender and uh, my representative, whose name shall remain unmentioned at the moment, for, from from saying public safety is a privilege, one that they enjoy, by the way, at public expense. Nonetheless, a privilege for the rest of us. We saw a story about this uh, that came out. It's been brewing for two months now, and it finally reached uh, something of an end this past week. And frankly, I'm a little bit shocked by it. Uh, this is a story that started up in uh, early January, actually, over two months ago. A homeowner in Minneapolis confronted a burglar in her garage. By the way, the, the homeowner was a female, a 50-something woman, who uh, was, a par- a- according to some reporting on the subject, was African-American. Uh, a resident a life a long time resident of the area she confronted a burglar in her garage now here's where the story gets interesting and i say interesting for reasons i'll get to in a moment here she fired four warning shots with a handgun which is a is a dodgy idea we'll get back to in a moment here the burglar advanced on her which is an even dodgier idea if you are a burglar and you're doing something illegal. Breaking and entering, by the way, is not a felony in the state of Minnesota. I relearned that uh, last week at carry permit training. But uh, committing an actual felony like assault or threatening to kill someone is a bad idea. Uh, Anyway, the burglar advanced on the woman, ostensibly reaching in his waistband. The woman fired, in this case, with a rifle, which the story goes her son had been in the house with at some point uh, killing the intruder. It's not entirely clear who did. Well, this case has it that the woman did the shooting with the rifle, indicating that the woman had fired the warning shots at the man out in the garage, potentially then retreating to the house, getting the rifle from the sun and finish shooting the attacker who presumably I'm just guessing at this here because there's so much that was left uncovered in the news coverage of the subject. uh, Killing the intruder when he he got into the house, potentially. That's one way it could have worked out. At any rate, I've got a lot of questions here, folks. Now, this past Sunday was my fifth run through carry permit training uh, since I first started getting uh, carry permits in the state of Minnesota. By the way, I own no guns. All my guns fell in Lake Mille Lacs last year. It was just the darndest thing that ever happened. I have no guns. Could never use a gun on another human being. They scare the bejeebers out of me. Anyway, but I've been through carry permit training uh, five times because there's some good specials out there. You know, there's cafes in greater Minnesota that give you a little break on, on the price of breakfast if you have a carry permit. That's the only reason I do it. Pinky swear. Anyway, in my five runs through carry permit training, uh, don't fire a warning shot is pretty much drummed into your head. I mean, the theory is a prosecutor will say to a jury, if you've got time to fire a warning shot, then the threat to your life or, or well-being is low enough that you could have retreated or called 911 or yelled or something, or whatever the county attorney thinks you should do. And by the way, as my first carry permit instructor, Joel Rosenberg, the late great Joel who literally wrote the book on the subject, used to say, a decision you have to make in a split second while your life is reasonably believed to be in immediate danger Will be dissected by a pencil neck geek in the county attorney's office in a nice, warm, well lit office surrounded by law books, protected by sheriff's deputies with guns and metal detectors, and no pressure whatsoever, other than perhaps to get a conviction. That decision is that's how these decisions are done. You will you have a fraction of a second to make a decision that will affect your life or someone else's or both. None of it good, but the county attorney gets to take pretty much all the time they want in the safest possible environment to decide what they want to do at any rate. uh, That's, that's something to remember if you're, if you're thinking about getting a carry permit here, Uh, we're also told via the rumor mill, which means take it for what it's worth, that the Hennepin County attorney's office actually investigated the shooting back in January and was ready to decline to press charges immediately after the incident, which by the way, is unusual now. Mike Freeman gets a bad rap and largely deserves it on Second Amendment issues. He's not a gun-friendly uh, county attorney, but he's made the right ruling on a number of cases, a, a fair number of, of of these self-defense cases over the last decade or so. Uh, a couple of bouncer shootings, uh, the shooting, uh, the Darren Ivanovich case on the on the Cub on East Lake Street in twenty, I want to say twenty eleven, and this episode here. For whatever reason, uh, he was ready to decline to press charges. But an entity known as, quote, the community, which the credible rumor mill has it, was Nakima Levy Armstrong, who apparently has been appointed the Supreme Arbiter of what justice is in Hennepin County, Uh, the, the community, quote, asked, end quote, Mike Freeman to give the investigation another try back in February. That's, again attributed to modestly credible rumor here but apparently this homeowner got everything gone over prodded poked and examined twice by the henco attorney's office before she was left in the clear again after a shooting that involved four warning shots which again if you've been through carry permit training with a reputable teacher you're told is a big no-no if you use lethal force It really, literally, I mean, if you want to make sure that your 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 legal case is as good as possible, it has to be the last possible option before the only other choice is you dying or being maimed, and or if you're female, (laughs) raped. I mean, nobody's going to. It's hard to imagine a a jury anywhere in the metro area uh, parsing the meaning of great bodily harm in a case like that. So at any rate, that's the choice you have. Uh, Anyway, so the big question is, and this is where Berg's eighteenth law uh, comes in, which is you're never going to know all the facts of a of a. Be careful sounding off on issues before you know all the facts, and the media is not going to give you all the facts. I mean, the first month of the coverage on this case was the usual. The victim was just getting his life back together. He was a sure pretty awesome guy, you know. Other than a few wrong turns in life, he was just a salt of the earth kind of fella, and other than breaking into women's garages. he was he was one of those people you just love to have a beer with or, or whatever. Uh, so the question you have to ask, I mean, we don't know lots of things about this case, and the media, as usual, does not help. But were there circumstances in the original incident the media didn't know? Or since most of them, God love them, are pretty terrible at covering stories like this because they do not know the law and they do not care to learn it. Things they didn't care to ask about or bother to ask about that made what sounds like kind of a squishy shooting into something that was a no-brainer enough even for Mike Freeman's Henco attorney's office to take a pass on? Or maybe was Mike Freeman worried about the political upshot of a a prosecution of another law-abiding homeowner? By the way, uh, news reports indicated, without much attribution, that the woman had a carry permit. So we know she has a clean criminal record. And, in fact, other reporting has said she is a city of Minneapolis social worker uh, working for the Minneapolis school district, which they have to pass background checks as well, similar to Philando Castile. He worked in a school lunchroom and had a carry permit. That's two different rounds of background checks that both of these people had to pass. So we know they had a clean record. We know that the homeowner assuming this record uh, the report is true had a clean rap sheet so in a city full of people and this is what i think has some role in this minneapolis is a city full of people right now who are full of people just itching for someone to knock off one of these goons that's taken control of so much of life in the city of minneapolis they may not do it themselves they may freely admit it's not their best self, wishing that one of these carjackers caught the wrong end of a cap. But prosecuting a law-abiding, likely African-American homeowner in a situation like this is not going to work well for the DFL. I think Mike Freeman even knows this. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot.
1: Get your bill, when I shoot the gift, I down, get down. I came to get down. So get your seat and jump around. Jump around.
4: Be careful. Once you try a Patriot burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the
1: Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack
4: attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. yeah. AM
5: 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Don't forget, Stand With Israel Tour coming up again. 10-day adventure you will remember forever. Stand with Israel tour. You'll be joining uh, Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza, broadcasting live on the trip and ensuring this is a memorable and special trip for you. You can register today and see the full itinerary at am1280thepatriot.com. Check it out. This is one of those things I wish that I could go. On. I wish there was an extra special host benefit for, for shows like this. Like, say, I don't know, a, a, a big price break. One, one can hope. Anyways, chatting with her, with her AM 12A, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. Uh, let's go to the phones in Minneapolis. John, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go right ahead.
6: Yeah, yeah man. Thanks, thanks for taking my call. I, I just want to comment on the issue of, of uh, the Red Stars article on crime being down this morning. Yeah. And, of course, that's a joke. Uh There are 30% fewer officers, so the Minneapolis police do not respond to crimes. They don't document crimes, and there are more crimes occurring, and people don't even call anymore. On my block, I have seven people, what they're doing, and they all have pistols. Yeah. They all have ways to protect themselves. Absolutely. And that? by the
5: way, and that was a story that came out two, three weeks ago. The number of carry permits in circulation right now is overwhelmingly higher than it's ever been. As gun sales in Minnesota are off the charts and remain off the charts. The market's finally catching up so people can find them anymore. By the way, you can find ammunition in stores again. Woohoo! Thank you, free market. And, yeah, I, I haven't seen the story yet. i got to confess, John, so I'm going to ask you a c- couple questions. I don't know if you have the answers. If you don't, that's fine. But since I haven't had a chance to read it yet, was this crime being measured in terms of reports or in terms of arrests and prosecutions?
6: No, in terms of reports. And my neighbors, I I quit calling when I called on a a serious... a, a felony an assault felony yep. and the police said well, we can't get there for two hours i said forget it
5: yeah forget i get it I, I, it's st paul things that was aren't, that
6: was a year ago
5: yeah in st paul things aren't quite that bad but they're 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 kissing cousins of that level of awful another question what was the time period the story reports on do you happen to have that
1: Are Well we that
6: just, i don't know they, they, all i know is that that comrade ellison and comrade Choi and comrade freeman are are people who don't live in those communities and don't have to deal with the thugs every day yeah. it, it is pathetic that this system claims to be doing good when it's causing more harm, especially if I'm not a person of color but for people of color oh yeah and and these guys these guys are cowards in my opinion, and uh they have created more mayhem and more dysfunction in our community than anything in the history uh, of those cities. Couldn't have agreed more, John. Well
5: put. And I I will look over that Red Star article because you can bet behind the numbers there will be some munging of statistics that gives an unrealistic uh, impression of crime. I mean, yes, it's entirely possible that crime is down from 2020. Big. because there wasn't a riot that destroyed an, in, two entire neighborhoods in, uh, in 2021. That may have something to do with it. Uh, the, the level of lawlessness was more general and, and widespread instead of focused and kinetic uh, in 2021. It's entirely possible that some classes of crime—by the way, here's one other, uh, w- one other fact. Sometimes violent crime and property crime uh, work to opposite schedules. Sometimes you'll you'll find and we've seen this in Minneapolis over the last few years violent crime is up staggeringly but pro- some categories of pri- uh, property crime not are, are down and by the way among them are not carjacking and larceny of car parts like catalytic converters that's way up but there's other classes of crime that are down so it's possible to say look at the statistics crime is down I mean, it may be that the entire list of reports is a little bit shorter than it was, say, uh, a few years ago. May, there may have been 100,000 crimes reported in the city of Minneapolis, just to pick a number out of a hat, and 99,000 uh, this year and 100,000 the year before. And of course, if that, that may be entirely true, but if a higher percentage of that smaller number of crimes were violent or felony-level property crimes, That's not much consolation. I'll look at the numbers. I'm commenting completely out of school here right now. And unlike the New York Times and Washington Post, I like to get my facts straight before I go public with them. So thanks for calling in, John, as always. Uh, Further evidence, by the way, that the cities are in great hands, honest. Uh, (laughs) I just have to ask, who was warning the cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul about their rent control ordinances that passed in the last election? Who's got two thumbs and was warning them about this ever since the, the it first came up? And, by the way, the people have been talking about rent control for years, Minneapolis and St. Paul. Well, they finally got it in the last election. Why? It was me and many of us, by the way. Well, we, we saw the inevitable results that I warned them about in as many words. Maybe not with as many numbers, but in as many words. Last week, the word came out. Building permits in St. Paul for rental housing are off 80% since the rent control ordinance passed now it passed in november it went into effect on january 1st so building permits are down 80% in 2 months uh, this this from the Pioneer Press. The rent control ordinance passed in St. Paul in November is having exactly the consequences that were predicted. This is actually from Alpha News uh, before it passed. If you uh, set a price below a market price, you increase demand relative to supply, worsening the very shortages the price control was intended to fix. MinPost reported, quote, with three months of data on the book since the passage of the rent control measures in November, results are kind of grim for anyone hoping for new apartment buildings in St. Paul. Whoa! Who'd have thunk it? Uh, Compared to the same period during the previous year, multifamily building permits are down over 80%. Meanwhile, Minneapolis' overall construction is up as the economy has rebounded. The reason for that, of course, is Minneapolis grandfathered in permits that were already uh, in process, so they were not subject to rent control immediately. So it made economic sense to complete the construction. In St. Paul, there was no grandfathering. Eighty percent, four out of five construction permits uh, that were going to happen didn't happen. By the way, it's worse than that. And that's just in terms of new construction. Landlords right now, as we speak, are jacking up rents as fast as they can because they know that with inflation gutting the rest of their budgets, they're not going to get another chance. And yet you talk to one of these bobbleheaded rent control advocates. I say that with all due respect. The, the, the fact that they look and act like a bobblehead doll when they try and talk and think at the same time with their heads bobbling back and forth uh, at random. Uh, that didn't sound respectful, did it? I'm sorry. I'll try and do better. And yet, you talk to a rent control advocate who tends to be very highly schooled. They have a lot of degrees, but they tend to be very badly educated. And they still say that this is about making housing affordable. Now, I've got people in my life, my children among others, who have been in the rental market and are in the rental market right now, and they're the ones paying the cost. These are people who work for a living, people who contribute to society, and want, for various reasons need to live somewhere near the city, don't have the option moving out to Waconia or to, to Prescott or to Lakeville because – their jobs, their families, their lives, their, the things they need to do are within striking distance of Minneapolis and St. Paul. And the price everywhere throughout the metro area is is rising because of this induced scarcity. The, the raising of rents in Minneapolis and St. Paul to get ahead of the rent control, which will completely, eventually start to re- remove the number of units or uh, gut the number of low-income units... Or low rent units, as people realize that if they're going to put a unit on the market, it' better bring in as much rent as they can get, and then people who move out from the cities to find rents that are still relatively affordable, which constricts the supply, which is artificially held down by the Met council, and there's zoning restrictions which essentially make it harder to build housing and even though it's all being pushed towards high density housing, there's not enough of it still. Because it's all gotta be jammed into the metro area into the the inner core of the metro area and it's it's just it this is government meddling as inevitable results of that being played out on the free market here right now. Yet another reason we need to have a viable two party system in the inner city, in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Because authoritarian government doesn't work and freedom being suppressed has no bearing on the issue. Uh, one more segment to go. Ergo, the fun is just beginning. Northern Alliance Radio Network, Mitchburg, in for Brad Carlson. Gono, we'll be right back. AM
1: 1280, The Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM-1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
3: Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free get Upside Gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to $0.25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I'll make $200 to $300 this year. Wow that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside
6: app now.
1: Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code PIPE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo
4: code PIPE for up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code PIPE Your feet will stay warm
0: in the cooler weather with insulated waterproof boots from Chet's Shoes. Chet's takes the time to measure your feet and make sure you have the right boots for whatever you're doing. Whether you need safety or regular toe styles, the friendly specialists at Chet's Shoes know what will work for you. Shop a local 70-year family-owned store, visit their Spring Lake Park location, or online at Chet'sShoes.com. Remember, Chet's Mobile Shoe Service can bring the store
1: to you. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Join the Freedom Fan Club today, and you could win a copy of our Regnery Book of the Month, The Rational Passover Haggadah, the latest in Dennis Prager's Rational Series. Register to win at am1280thepatriot.com. AM
5: 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. I'm in for Brad Carlson. Last segment. We'll be back to normal next week. So, Hey, don't forget. Because you'll have a few weeks to forget about it. But yeah, try not to forget. My band Elephant in the Room taking a well-deserved break after an incredibly tight cluster of gigs there. We had six gigs in seven weeks. And it's been a busy year for us so far. And, by the way, it's going to be an even busier year. We, over the last two weeks, we've booked something like we're up to 16 gigs yet for the rest of the year. And our next one, by the way, coming up April 9th, which is, what, two weeks from this weekend, three weeks? Coming up soon, April 9th, at the Stillwater Bowl. And then we get into May. A couple gigs in May we'll talk about when we get there. This summer is going to be busy. I mean, if you can't get to an elephant in the room gig this summer, I don't know what to do because we're going to be everywhere this summer. We've got uh, July and August. We have so many gigs, it's just almost but not quite too much. It's just the right amount. Of fun. I mean, this, is, this could be like being on a Rolling Stones tour in the 1970s. Anyway, looking forward to that. Elephant in the Room. By the way, go to elephantintheroomband.com. Check out the itinerary. It's right up on the front page. We're coming to a bar near you, one way or the other. Unless you're in the Southeast Metro. We're still working on getting some bars in down there. Anyway, uh, looking forward to that. Also, some private parties coming up here uh, as well. So, uh, stick around for that. So, I've been talking for the last hour here, uh, a good chunk of this hour, I should say, about. The problems of life in Minneapolis and Saint Paul, and and the metro area and Minnesota in general. I mean, life as a conservative in a place like Minnesota, which seems to have a hard time shaking off the last legacies of complete Democrat DFL control uh, that we had for decades. It, it's it's more than some people want to deal with. I have a lot of people close to me who have pulled up stakes and moved to Florida to texas to south dakota which i gotta say i have to ask some of you people you've got two dakotas to choose from why did you pick the wrong one anyway that's fine personal choice no problem uh, to each their own uh there's only so much awesome to go around in, in my native state of north dakota <laughs> kidding folks uh god bless all of you wherever you go but i got to thinking about i have people asking me hey when are you gonna pick up and move out of minnesota and i I thought about that. I actually, thought about it for a while last night. I was coming back from uh, an engagement uh, out out in the far out outer, outer metro in an area, part of the metro that was really red. I wound up driving out to uh, up the far south southwest metro, a place that qualifies as pretty solid red by metro standards. I got to think about that. You know what? What prevents me from moving to a place like this? I, and I, I got to think about. It. There's. I grew up, like I, I, as I say, somewhat frequently on this program. I grew up in North Dakota. It was a fairly formative experience in a lot of ways. And for why, I got to thinking about a book by a woman named Kathleen Norris, who I've spoken about on the show before. I wrote a book called Dakota, a Spiritual Geography from like 1990. And it talked about sort of the nature of the people who live and don't die up there. And one of the traits of life up there is you're fighting against an environment and mother nature that is trying to kill you. Mother nature in North Dakota is like Joan Crawford, not the mother from father knows best. All right. Not Barbara Billingsley, Joan Crawford. And, and it's just like, I mean, getting through a winter in North Dakota is doing battle with mother nature herself and God willing getting to the end of winter and into spring and winning and then having to go through a long, hot summer. I mean, it's a constant fight. It's a constant battle. You're duking it out with the Earth itself, and I think about that because I've had jobs that have sent me to. I had had a job a few, two different jobs, by the way, uh, a few years ago that sent me to Florida somewhat regularly. I spent a bunch of time in winter and summer in Florida. I mean, in summer, it's just too humid for me. Likewise, Houston. Spent some time in Houston where I have family who I love very much and love to visit in the winter. And I, I hope to visit the winter next winter. But uh, I could not do it. Partly because the summers, frankly, just would kill me. But because I need the winter in my life. I like snow. I mean, I'm ready for spring, don't get me wrong. After about mid January, I figured, okay, we can move on here. We don't, but we could. I need the winter in my life. Now, that's part of it. But I want you to put a pin in the idea that, that people where I come from, just life itself is a battle against Mother Nature. Mother Nature being Joan Crawford in this case. Kids, ask your parents about the Joan Crawford reference. Sorry, that may not be for everyone. It's a fight. It's a fight. And I thought as I was driving home last night, okay, so this is like my frame of reference on life itself, fighting against Mother Nature. And what do I do for fun? What do I do in my personal life? I'm a conservative who lives in St. Paul. Something that's not for the faint of heart, quite frankly. And in fact, what do I do for a hobby? I fight. I fight with... The people around, I mean, the politics around me, I fight with the dominant system. And I will say, I I say somewhat facetiously, I thrive on being hated. That's not really true, but it's not really false either. I relish the fight when I think I'm fighting the good fight. By the way, when I say I've relished the fight, I'm not one of those people who used to... I I say this with regard to the fact that this past week was St. Patrick's Day, and I'm not even a smidgen bit Irish, but one of the cliches about the Irish characters, they love to go out and bust up for a fight. Uh, And I don't. I've never been one of those people out there. I don't go, I, mean, I, worked, I worked in enough bars where the, any romance of being out there young and in your 20s and out there mixing it up. I don't know why I have a terrible Irish accent like this as I'm discussing this, but going out and just mixing I, I've known people in my life who just a part of a Friday Saturday night is to go out to a bar, have a bunch too much to drink and get into a fight and again with the Irish accent, and get into a fight and mix it up with people because that's just what you do? I've never been that person. But there's a little bit in me right there, even though I'm not even remotely Irish, that kind of thinks, if you're not fighting something, it's just not normal. Not normal to be out there not tilting at some windmill. Maybe, I don't know. My dad was an English teacher. He made darn sure I read Don Quixote as a kid. Just like fighting the fight, provided it's a good fight, is the reason to live. And I, I... Go to places like the red part of Minnesota I was in last night, which God love him. It's it's one of those places in the edge of the metro that's like Elk River and Forest Lake and uh, north part of Stillwater, uh, Lakeville, where you get that, that smell of prosperity and competence and and, and and accountability that just is so nice to have after living in St. Paul this long. And yet, and yet. I think I would get bored out of my mind if I wasn't fighting the good fight for something. Now, I'm told on good authority from friends and family that Texas isn't all entirely uh, completely bright red like my native North Dakota, like South Dakota are, that there's all sorts of plausible reasons to think texas might go blue although that's taken some big hits lately especially if the latino vote continues to follow the polling we've seen lately over the last election and in recent weeks if we can only come up with a good generic republican and completely capture the latino vote that's what i'm saying here um i don't know how you get more generic than mitt romney but anyway, i digress i i've said on the show at various points Will I ever leave St. Paul, a place that is famously hostile to conservatives and getting worse, by the way, even my own neighborhood getting worse? Would I ever leave? Well, there's a part of me that says, yeah, you know, I say this in as many words and I have on the show before. I reserve the right to walk away one day, but I'm not going to run. You will not see me turning tail from this place. If I do, it'll be a fighting withdrawal, flinging the brick, brick bats all the way. But beyond that. I imagine what life must be like in a place like North Florida, like Jacksonville, nice Republican area. A lot of military bases around there. Solid red, or or, or some of the far southwest burbs, your your, your Shakopee's, your Chanassons, parts of parts of the Southwest Metro that are good, solid red places, and and or or for that matter, yeah, I mean, any jumping across the river. To the Hudson area, I mean, places where you still see, drive through the countryside in northwest Wisconsin and, and see the Trump signs still up all over the place, or, or my native North Dakota, for that matter. A place where Donald Trump won by a three-digit margin, and you still see the signs up. And I thought, man, I mean, my taxes would appreciate it. My security plan around my house would appreciate it, but what would I fight about? Who would I fight with? Who, who, what ideas would I be fighting against? What would keep me awake? What do you do? So I'm not going anywhere, folks. This is where the fight is. Hope you join me there. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Thanks for Brad Carlson letting me do this. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you all. God bless America.
1: Paid for by govmint.com. Have you
3: heard? The United States Mint has issued the Morgan Silver Dollar for the first time in 100 years. Not only that, but they are also minted in 99.9% pure silver for the first time ever in history. Coin experts are calling this an amazing opportunity for anyone that knows the enduring popularity of Morgans. But you must hurry. Only 175,000 legal tender silver dollars were issued. These Morgan Silver Dollars are brand new, bright and shiny legal tender coins minted by the iconic Philadelphia Mint. Just call 1 800 Six four six eight, And you are guaranteed a new 99.9% pure silver Morgan dollar. The first time in history this has happened. But with limited quantities, you must call now to order. To learn more, call 1-800-571-6468. If you order now, you will receive a free collector bonus, a $25 value free with every order. Call 1-800-571-6468 now to secure your new Morgan silver dollars before they are gone. That's 1-800-571-6468. Education is absolutely the most critical decision you can make for
5: your children. To get half off, it's a no-brainer. Hi, I'm Jeff.
2: Hi, I'm Trish, his better half, and we're from Oakdale.
5: We wanted a strong Christian school with conservative values.
2: The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family.
5: I asked the station several times to make sure that I had understood that there
3: weren't strings attached, and, and there were no strings attached. The impact on our kids has been amazing. Their critical thinking is stronger, and they're better equipped for life.
2: Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults.
6: Send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year. No strings attached. For details and participating schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com